This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And we have explored incense in the Old Testament. But in, in the questions and answers, David asked a question about how does that translate to the New Testament. So this is what we're going to cover today. We are going to have David and Hattie join us on this one so we get questions and answers back and forth. And I pray that the Holy Spirit may guide us, make our ears to hear and our hearts to be opened to what he wants to do with us and our minds ready to receive his instruction and wisdom and our hands and feet to be guided to do what he wants us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Howdy. Well, hey, David. Guess what? What? We're going to answer a question you asked a few days ago. Hi. Well, hi, Hattie. Are you ready to answer David's question about what incense has to do in the New Testament? Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, so... Let's let's wander around the New Testament for a minute to a few places. Now, two of these are in what we call epistles. And what that is is that they were letters written to churches, one of them by Paul, one of them by Peter, that include in them either the priesthood or the incense. And I thought they were both applicable here. So we're going to delve into Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 first. So Ephesians 5. One and two. says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Wow, so Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice for us, but it included smell. Yeah, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. Now, it may... Remember how Mary washed his, washed his feet and wiped his feet with her hair, washed his feet with her tears, but she broke the perfume over him? Yeah, okay, so that's part of this. Um, and that's that idea of a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Then we turn to 1 Peter 2. Now, this one isn't quite as direct. But I think it still falls into this category. Um 
you're welcome to disagree with me on this one. But uh, it's interesting what he refers to us as. Verse 4 in 1 Peter chapter 2 says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and pre precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he's building us to be a priesthood? Uh-huh. To offer acceptable sacrifices just like just like Zachariah was offering the incense and just like Jesus offered himself instead of the sheep and the goats and the and the and the and the and the, and the bull. Right. Yeah. So he's off he's building us up to be living stones in a spiritual house or spiritual temple. Wow! That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Now remember, it, in verse 4, that description of Jesus, as you come to him, or Jesus, a living stone, Jesus was a living stone, Rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. Wow. This was referring back. And the story itself is a traditional story, but it was a tradition handed down from the time of Solomon's temple. That the cornerstone, the cornerstone was the block by which every other part of the temple was supposed to fit to. So you get you you cut the cornerstone first and then you cut the stones next to it and then everything else would fit because it, everything was cut to that cornerstone. But if you try to put another stone in there then nothing would fit because that cornerstone was the guide for all of the rest of them. Okay. Okay, I got it. So kind of like a pattern. Yes. It's kind of like a pattern. And the traditional story goes that the workmen who cut the stones, they cut the stones away from the temple because there was not supposed to be any noise of tools at the temple site at all. So they cut, they cut the stones away from the temple and they sent the cornerstone uh, fairly early in the whole process. But the people at the temple grounds who were putting the temple together didn't recognize that that was the cornerstone. And so they rejected it. They kind of tossed it off to the side and went, we don't know what to do with this stone. And then later, um, they're trying to figure out 
wait, how's this all supposed to go together? And they're sent a message, what would you do with the cornerstone? And they're like, oh, that was the one we rejected. So Jesus uses this analogy that that cornerstone was rejected because they didn't understand it. They didn't value it for what it was. They didn't realize everything was patterned over it. But nothing quite worked. And so when they questioned that and asked about the cornerstone, they realized it was the one they rejected. When they find that, found out from the original cutters which stone it was. And once they figured that out, they put it into the project and everything made sense. So Jesus was rejected by the Pharisees and Sadducees the first time, right? That he came, but what's going to happen? Are they going to realize, are people who are Jews that haven't accepted Jesus going to realize that Jesus is the Messiah? Well, um, there are varying opinions about that. I'm just going to say. But if I read Revelation correctly, there will be some. There will be some who come to realize that every other stone doesn't fit. Wow. So that carries all the way to the time before Jesus comes the second time and the, the whole world is done. Yep. Yep. I can't wait till we get to that book. Well, that book is kind of hard. And I'll be honest with you, I am not. There's a lot of Revelation I still don't understand. We are going to get into Revelation tonight, but for just a second, because incense is mentioned there, too. Incense is mentioned in the book of Revelation? Yes. Wow. So, but let's go down to verse 9, because 1 Peter 2, 9, is kind of what this Bible study time is, is patterned after. But you, talking about those who believe in Christ, but you are a chosen race, just like Israel, mm -hmm. a royal priesthood. Wait a minute, Aaron's priesthood wasn't royal. No, it wasn't. But David was royal, and Jesus is royal. He's our Messiah, but he's also a Lord. Right? So, a royal priesthood. Those king and priest together. A holy nation. A people for his own possession. So, when we were talking about yesterday that those who are his would be found out, and then it was found out who obeyed him and those were the ones that were his, then they were tried by fire. Yes. Wow. 
Yes, there's some correlations to that. Don't forget that correlation. Because it's very important. God always shows who is his. Now why? Why you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, verse 10, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we have a job to do once we know Jesus and have accepted him as Savior and Lord. Right. We do. But it's not because we have a job to do. It's not that we can do that job. It's because he makes us new. He makes us new. He makes us his. And being his changes everything. That's awesome. Did you talk to your mom and dad last night about being... A follower of Jesus? Yes, I did. And I prayed and accepted Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I was hoping you would bring that up. That's awesome, Hattie. That is awesome. So now you are God's. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so... Could I have my mom and dad help me with this verse? Uh-huh. So could I make like a poster or something to remember these words? That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Make something to remember these words. You know, that's what God wanted to done with his word. He wanted his word to decorate our lives. He wanted us to memorize them, have them in our hearts, and decorate our homes. So absolutely, that would be a wonderful thing to do. Wow. I'm so excited for you, Hattie. Aw. Oh, I'm so glad that we do Bible study. So am I. Shall we continue to Revelation? Yeah. Okay, so Revelation 5. There we go. Revelation 5. It's hard to cut down on this any. So I'm going to read the whole chapter real quick. Then I saw, now this was John, the disciple, the apostle John. You mean like James and John? Like James and John. 
the son of Zebedee. Yeah, that John. Then I saw in the right hand of him. Now, this was during the revelation when God showed him this special vision. So he is, he is looking at God who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever. That's described in chapter, in chapter four, verse nine. Um, so chapter 5, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and it's seven seals. That's Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But listen, keep listening. And between the throne and the four living creatures, we'll get into that when we get into Revelation. And among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints are golden bowls full of incense? The incense is the prayers of the saints. Wow. And they sing a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Wow! Wait, we just read about that. Uh-huh. Wow! Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Man, that must have been something else to see. It would have been. It would have been. There's one more place that I wanted to mention that the incense is mentioned. You got the scroll, you got the seven seals. It goes through six of the seals, and then we get to chapter eight. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Now, if you read the book, the rest of the book of Revelation, there was actually normally constant singing. There was silence for half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So whatever was going to happen because of all that was done with a censer of incense? Mm-hmm. Man, who had any idea incense was that important? Or that our prayers were that important? Or that God could make us a holy nation and that Jesus, by dying, would be the only one who could open the rest of history. That's just fantastically amazing. It is. It is, David. It really, really is. Wow. Wow. So, incense is still going to play a role. Incense has never stopped playing a role. Let's pray. Father God, when you told Moses to pattern the tabernacle after what he had seen on Mount Sinai, which was a vision of heaven,
you are asking them to do what Jesus taught us to pray later. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One day your will will be completely and totally done on this earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth in which nothing but your will will be done. God, I thank you that our prayers are even a small part of all of that. And I thank you that you've sanctified us so that what we pray and bring before you is something you can use God, I thank you for your love. Thank you for, thank you, Jesus, for coming and becoming the Lamb. The Lamb who could bring this curse of good and evil to an end and redeem and make all things good. We thank you and we honor you as the saints in Revelation, as the angels in Revelation did, we honor you. As the elders in Revelation did, we honor you. We can't wait till that day when we see you face to face and you are our light. Because you are in the midst of us where you always have wanted to be. Help us to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You will finish the work you have started in us. Thank you, Lord, that you started that work in us. Thank you, Lord, that you have made us yours. In Jesus' precious name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray that you be the glory and the honor and the power forever and ever and ever in the kingdom. Amen. Wow. I think I'm going to go home and work on reading that. That would be a good read, David. It's always worth reading the Word of God. Yeah, I'm glad my mom and dad read the Word of God to me. I, otherwise, I wouldn't know these things. You're right. It's good that you know these things. It's so good that 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 you heard, that you hear the Word of God at a young age. 
And even those who don't have moms and dads that teach them about Jesus, I pray that, you know, that they come to church or they come to camp or they do something and they hear about Jesus. God wants as many people with him in heaven. He didn't send Jesus for to, to not be shared. So let's share him with others. I'll be working on that. Me too. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. This has been Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and I just am in awe over God's plan. And how much he gives us the pattern so that we can see it. And how much when we finally see it, it it's still going to surprise us. And put us in absolute awe of his great work. God loves you. Proclaim his excellencies. And remember, you are one of His Excellencies. So what is the next step? If you've heard this podcast, I appreciate you and would love to hear from you. There's a couple of options. Number one, listening adds value to this podcast and making this podcast. Um, Number two, you can subscribe to this podcast. If you want to know more about that, email me at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to set you up with that. Number three, Um, It gives you an opportunity to ask questions if you need a Bible, if you need resources. Also, send me an email, trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com, all one word, um, all lowercase. And again, subject line podcast, and write in what you need. I hope that you have the resources you need or this sparks your interest. You may have some resources closer. Praise God for that. Um, But I hope this helps enrich your life and, and helps you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. For the glory of God the Father and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. God bless you.